Amen. Well, this is the Word of God, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, where we'll be studying together this morning. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, starting in verse 12, we'll read through verse 27. For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit we were all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and all were made to drink of one spirit. For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I don't belong to that body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I don't belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? And if the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But as it is, God has arranged the members in the body, each one of them, as he chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you. Nor again, the head to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And on those parts of the body that we think less honorable, we bestow the greater honor and our unpresentable parts are treated with greater modesty, which are more presentable parts they don't require. But God has so composed the body, giving greater honor to the part that lacked it, that there may be no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together. And if one member is honored, all rejoice together. For you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. Praise the Lord for the reading and the hearing of his word. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for this incredible text of scripture. Thank you, God, for the testimonies of Jessica and Morgan. Thank you for the singing of the church. Thank you for the gathering of the church. Lord, this morning is a holy moment. You haven't come back for us yet. We ask that you would today. Come back, Jesus. And until you come, this is precious ground for us to be in your church, to worship with your people. And oh God, some need to be saved even this morning, like Morgan was and Jessica was in the past. So some need to be saved this morning. Would you do that work? And Lord, all believers need to be sanctified. All need to be growing. We need to be connected to each other. God, would you cause your word to just have a huge impact on the lives of Christians. And do your work and receive all the glory, God, in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Well, good morning and good morning and good morning. Um, good to have all of you guys here. Yes, buenos dias. 
Buenos dias. Uh, good to have all of you guys here. So we're going to be in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And as we dig into the text of Scripture this morning, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about how I got saved and what God saved me from. So I've always been a connector, right? That's, that's been my uh, kind of personality ever since I was little, was a connector. I was shy, but once I connected with you, I would connect, right? And God, before I was saved, God used that for, uh, you know, to, to lead me to lots of bad places, right? I, I was in darkness, I was in Satan's realm, and I, I connected in all the, the bad ways. And, and when Jesus saved me, he made my personality move to this place where connection was good, and I got introduced to the church, and the church was life-changing, and I got to hang out with, with believers, and it was an amazing connection. And ever since I have been saved, that has been super high on my priority list to make sure every Christian is connected to one another in a healthy way. Now, when we first walked the streets of South Des Moines in 2008, I was going door to door, just knocking on doors to see what was on the other side. You know, who am I going to meet? And I met pagan, 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 Hindu, 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 Catholic, 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 an evangelical in there somewhere. We're like, oh, there's a believer in here in this neighborhood. But for the most part, I was finding Catholic, 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 Hindu, 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 nothing, 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 right? And having great conversations, but there was, as a result of that, there was a huge clarity moment for me when I was considering where we were going to start this church and starting the church in South Des Moines in my basement to see what God might do. And this is what really, really resonated with me. This culture needs to get connected to God. And this culture needs to get connected with one another. Because we got lots of school districts going on up in here. We got five different school districts at least that are represented in our church. We got at least 13 neighborhoods represented in our church. And we have at least 10 represented countries in our church. Praise God. That's really cool. Like we leverage that as a win for us. But we have a lot of work to do. It is, it's complicated at times to pastor in a church with all of that representation all over the place because everybody gets into micro networks or micro you know, connection points. And the reality of church is that God so cares that you are connected with him, first of all, through his son Jesus, through faith and repentance, and with, secondarily, one another through love and connection. Now, 14 and a half years of being a church, uh, we are a long ways away from our basement. Amen? If you ever want to come to the basement, I give you the tour of church. It'll take about two seconds. All right? Here's where I stood. Here's where 20 people just sat and, and listened to Philippians, right? By God's grace, we're a long ways from there to the glory and praise of God. But here is the, the heart that we have this month and the heart that we have for our church in this year, 2023. We want this to be a month of connection where you understand the church family, okay? As we grow larger, we have to really bore down on this truth more than ever, that family matters, okay? 
Family Matters. And that is the sermon series for this month, Family Matters. There will be a Steve Urkel reference at some point. There will be a Carl Winslow reference at some point. I've got a perfect Carl Winslow quote that I'm just holding for the right moment. It's coming. But listen, family matters. It matters to the church that they are connected to God and to each other. And that's the title of my sermon this morning is Connection. Connection. Here's our cultural values at church. When we take people through values nights and membership classes, here's our cultural values. Jesus gets first place. May he ever get first place. May Living Waters ever be a church where Jesus Christ is first. The gospel is celebrated. We like to clap for baptisms. Amen? We like to hear testimonies. We like that people are getting saved. That's exciting. Biblical family atmosphere. Humble confidence. Nobody was more humble than Jesus. Nobody was more confident than Jesus. Our lives and possessions are for sharing. Generosity is a cultural value of this church. But here's the thing. Biblical family atmosphere. Sometimes you love your family. Sometimes you hate your family. Sometimes you fight with your family. But family is always family. So what we want to focus on this month as a church is getting connected to one another, not because it is easy, but because Jesus has called us together. We walk together. We grow together. We reach out together. We do it as a connected body of Christ. And we are not where we used to be, praise God. We're doing all of these things better than we've ever done them, but we're not where we should be yet, right? There's room to grow in this ability to stay connected, to grow in discipleship. So here's some quick background because we were in 1 John last week and Pastor Rob talked about love. Now this week we are talking about connection and we are in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. So if you don't know anything about the city of Corinth or the history of the letter of 1 Corinthians, let me give you some brief introductory items to be thinking about as we approach the text of Scripture. First of all, the city of Corinth was a large and influential city of commerce and trade. If you came to Corinth, you would be amazed at the busyness of the city. 180,000 people lived in the metropolis, which doesn't sound like a lot to you Des Moines people, but it is big, especially in the ancient world that is a large city area. Paul, who started the church, he started the church in Acts chapter 18. You can read about how he started it. He was writing the letter to the Corinthian church, basically correcting all the wrong things they were doing. Can I get a parent amen? All right. Like basically Paul's letter to the Corinthian church is here's all the wrong stuff you're doing since I left. I started the church. We had a good start. Now all of a sudden you got problems and I've got a pen and paper and I'm going to address all of your problems one by one. The church at Corinth was kind of a mess. Some people call the letter of 1 Corinthians Christians gone wild because they were arrogant, sinful, proud, disobedient, and they were abusing a lot of the liberties they had in Christ. So if you think your life has a lot of problems, consider 
the letter of 1 Corinthians. Right? The Corinthian church had a lot of problems. They had unity problems, getting along. They had sexual problems. They were all kinds of messed up with their sexual ethic. Uh, they had legal problems. They had idolatry problems. They had gender problems. And they had abuse problems. So Paul was writing basically to address this church and say, you're having connection issues with one another. So here is the letter of 1 Corinthians. Now we are jumping into chapter 12, and chapter 12 is the metaphor of the church being the body of Christ. <clears throat> now there's a lot of metaphors in the Bible that God uses to describe his church, the temple, the flock, and others, but the body of Christ is a specific metaphor that is unique to the New Testament. So the big idea of the passage this morning as we look at verses 12 through 27 is this, God wants his church to be connected to Christ and to each other in the body of believers. God wants the church to be connected to himself and to one another in the body of Christ. And so let me just talk about this um, in a really general way, then we'll funnel it in to the passage. Look with me in verse 13. In verse 13, the Apostle Paul says this, In one spirit we were all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and we were all made to drink of one spirit. So the way to get connected to God and to each other is to get saved. The only way to get connected to the church is to get saved. You got to go from sinner to saint. You have to repent and believe you are all baptized by one spirit into one body. We're excited for Morgan, right? Praise the Lord. And Jessica, they got water baptized today. But what we're seeing here is that the first baptism that takes place before the water baptism is spirit baptism. Amen. When you get saved, when you trust in Jesus, you are baptized by the spirit into one Body. So if you are here and you're a Christian, you are a part of the family of God. Amen? Now, we encourage membership here. We encourage small group involvement. We encourage Bible studies and discipleship. But here's the deal. If you don't ever do any of those things, you are part of the body of Christ because you've been baptized by his spirit into one body. That's good. Here's why that's good, because you might be rich this morning, you might have a lot of money, and you might be poor this morning, you might have zero money, you're all baptized by one spirit. If you know Christ, you're part of the same body. Isn't that cool? Now, some of you this morning, you might be really old, you might be really old, and some of you might be super young, and you're here at church this morning, guess what? Whether you're young or whether you're old, if you believe in Christ, we're all part of the same body. Amen? That's good. I just saw an article criticizing Gen Z this week. You know? And I think like Gen Xers and the millennials and baby boomers got a lot of critiques over Gen Z. And I'm like, well, that's true. There's probably a lot of truth to those critiques. But here's the deal. If any Gen Zer believes in Jesus authentically as their Lord and Savior, we're all part of the same body. Amen? That's good. If your past is filled with drugs, 
I mean, filled with drugs, like you did a ton of drugs. Or your past is clean, you never touched the stuff in your whole life, you are, are untouched by any kind of illegal drug. If either of those groups believe in Jesus as their Lord and Savior, you're all part of one body. Praise God. City or rural, right? City, you know all the things. You're urban, you're hip, you're cool, you're in touch with all the latest things. Or if you're rural and you don't even have dial-up internet or something, right? And you're disconnected and gladly disconnected. If you believe in Christ, we were all baptized by one spirit into one body. Praise the Lord. Now, in order for the body of Christ to be healthy, it's got to be connected in the right way. So we're going to look at three connections this morning. Three connections that healthy churches have. Three connections that healthy churches have. And no doubt, some of you have been a part of an unhealthy church in your past, or you've had unhealthy experiences in church. I want you to listen up, all right? Listen for what is normal, because you're walking into a church that hopefully by God's grace is healthy, and you could say, okay, this is what a healthy church should look like. You kind of have to deprogram yourself from your unhealthy experiences in the past, and you got to program yourself into what is healthy. So we're going to look at three uh, connections that the healthy churches have. Connection number one is this, a mature perspective. Healthy churches have a mature perspective. Verses 14 through 17. For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. The body doesn't consist of one member, but of many. A healthy church has a mature perspective regarding God's people as they gather. When you look at a gathering of God's people, a mature, healthy body of Christ says there's a lot of different kinds of people in this room. There's a lot of different personalities and gift sets. And immature churches are like, well, y'all got to be like me. Why aren't you guys more like me? You walk around saying, I wish that person was more like me. That's an immature perspective on church. A mature perspective on church says, praise the Lord for this diversity. Look at this diversity among us. So if we're going to be a healthy church, we have to be connected to a mature perspective. Now, Paul gives the illustrations in this uh, point. He talks about the foot and the ear. He says, if the foot says to the hand, I'm not a hand, therefore I'm not part of the body, right? That doesn't make it detached from the body. You're still a part of the body. So if your foot could talk, think about your foot right now. Think about your foot, right? Y'all got your foot in your mind? Okay, good. Your foot is hidden probably with socks or shoes or boots or something like that. Your foot is stinky. Can I get an amen? Your foot reeks. It's underappreciated for sure. And it's got a bunch of calluses on it, right? Like that's the foot. And if your foot could talk, your foot would be like, well, why aren't I a hand, man? Well, if, I, if I'm not a hand, I guess I'm not really part of this whole thing, am I? Right? That's Paul's illustration here. If the foot, why is the foot picking on the hand anyway? Well, think about your hand. Sophisticated, functional, tan. My, my hand is not tan, as you can clearly see. It's pasty white, right? But normally the hand is well taken care of. You put rings on your hands. 
You, if you're the Daggett family, right? Daggett family girls, we just have the nail stuff out all the time. I mean, it's just out all the time. And I'm always just like, I grew up with all brothers. I have no idea what this culture is all about, right? And the girls are just doing their nails all the time. They're redoing their nails all the time. And I'm like, why'd you just do that? You just, why are you redoing that? You just did that. Dad, don't talk to me. Okay, I don't get it, right? I don't get it. But you just did that like five minutes ago. I'm redoing it. It didn't go on right. Okay, right? But look, the hand gets, gets all the moisturizers. The hand gets the stuff from bed, bed Bath & Beyond. No, that's the wrong one. Uh, <laughs> bath & Body Works. Like, it gets that stuff. It gets the cucumber, melon, stuff like that. You know what I'm talking about. Okay, I need to move on. Here we go. But the foot says to the hand, I'm not as well taken care of. Therefore, I'm not part of the body, right? Paul says, no, you're still a part of the body. Then the ear comes into play. The ear says to the eye, well, if I'm not an eye, I'm not part of the body, right? So you have this second set of body parts talking. Think about your ear right now. Think about your ear. Your ear is floppy and hairy and waxy and gross, right? It's very simple. It takes in sound. You got to clean the wax out of it from time to time. If you're an older gentleman, how fast is your hair growing on your ear? Like so fast. You feel like Sasquatch in the morning. Like what in the world? Get, get a razor. Get me a scissors. Get something. This is ridiculous. If the ear says, I'm, I'm not an eye. I'm just an ear, right? That doesn't make the ear not part of the body. Now think about the eyes beautiful, sophisticated science loves the eyes. There's a lot of love for the eyes. Very complicated, beautiful, wonderful things that God has given us to see. And the ear says, well, I'm not an eye, so therefore, I don't want to, you know, I, I shouldn't even be part of the body. Paul's point is this. If you are in the church, there might be other Christians who are more gifted than you, more beautiful than you, they speak better than you, they do all these things, and your propensity is to be like, well, I guess if I'm not like that, then maybe I'm not even part of the body. You see what I'm saying? Unhealthy churches buy into this false narrative of connection to say, I'm covetous of this believer, and I am comparing myself to that believer. And when that happens, it is an unhealthy church. Because you're saying, well, I'm just a fill-in-the-blank. I'm just a this and that and this and that. Or you say, I'm, I'm not like so-and-so. So-and-so is this, that, and this, that, and I'm just this. When we start doing that, we are in a terrible place of unhealth. The body is meant to be connected with a mature perspective that says, everybody, no matter what you look like, no matter what you talk like, no matter what your gift sets are, everybody is a part of the body of Jesus Christ. So everybody has inherent value, and every single person in the church has a contribution to make. Great, healthy churches have a mature perspective. Say, we get it. Not everybody's got to look alike. Listen, as the pastor, let me finish this point by saying this. We love you. We need you. You're needed in this church. Like, we have to have you. 
Because there is no small task in the church of Jesus Christ. Like just because I'm the mouth and I get up here and preach, there is a false idea that, oh, you must be the super Christian at Living Waters. You must be that. And the other pastors and the staff and the elders and the deacons, and the other, they must be like, oh my goodness, over here. Can we just bust the narrative down? That's an immature perspective. Do not think that way. I am a mouth. I think of John the Baptist when he says, when they said, who are you? Are you the Messiah? You're baptizing all these people. And John the Baptist said this, I am a voice in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord. There is no superhero Christian. And a healthy church has a mature perspective that God brings together a whole bunch of different types of people. And God uses the hands and the eyes and the ears and the feet. And he does all of it for his own glory. That's the connection we have to make right away. A mature perspective. The second connection is this. An intentional appreciation. A healthy church has the connection point of an intentional appreciation. Verse 18, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them as he chose. So therefore the eye cannot say, I don't have any need of you. And the head can't say, I have no need of you. We bestow greater honor to the unpresentable parts. Verse 23, we do these things Through the power of the Holy Spirit, healthy churches have the habit of intentional appreciation. We intentionally appreciate everyone in the church. Now, everybody has different giftedness. Everybody has different roles. But a healthy church works really hard to say no to sin and to say yes to gratitude. Intentional appreciation. Now, notice in verse 18, God placed the body together as he wanted to. Who's in charge of your giftedness and your ability and your role within the church? Who's in charge, class? God is. God placed you in the position that he wanted to for his glory and for his purposes. That's amazing. So if if God is the potter and we are the clay, it's ridiculous for the clay to be like, hey, I'm a... I'm a little discouraged by how you made me here. I don't like how you're doing the pot thing. I don't like how you're doing that. Stop it. I don't want to be the bowl. I want to be the plate. You know? Like some of you as Christians are like fighting with God right now because you don't like the way God made you to be. And I want to tell you, according to Jesus' body, the church, you're made exactly how you're supposed to be. Praise the Lord. Stop living your life sad all the time about what you aren't. Start living your life with gratitude and joy for who God made you to be. You're the best you that God has ever produced in the history of the world. Use your gifts for his glory. Now, every body part is interdependent upon the other parts. So therefore, you can't have arrogant body parts saying, I don't need you right? I don't need you. So you have the eye saying to the hand, I don't need you. You can't have that. All right. The eye so pristine, so sophisticated saying, hey, hand, don't need you, pal. Thanks, but no thanks. 
Now, think of all the times the hand has come up to the eyes for protection, right? Think about all the times in which you're watching a bad movie, hopefully not very often, praise the Lord. But you're like, oh, the eye sees something. You're like, hand, bam, nailed it, right? Look away, right? Or what about the time that there's really heavy winds in Iowa? Not that there are ever heavy winds in Iowa, but when the dust is being pushed up and all the stuff, and you got, you got 60 mile an hour winds, you go out, what do you do? Like this, like this, like this, right? The hand serves the eye. So therefore the eye can't say, hey, I don't need you, man. Yeah, you do need the hand, actually. And then he says the head can't say to the feet, I don't need you, right? If the head says to the feet, I don't need you, and is successful, the head ain't going nowhere. Look, the head is very important. You got to have a lot of meetings in your life. You better use your brain. You got to get to class if you're a student. You got to get to that work meeting. You got to get to that thing. Your head has got places to go. Can't get there without the feet. So it's like, hey, feet don't need you. And feet's like, fine, you're not going anywhere, man. Just be like a still head right there. Not moving, not doing nothing. And all your brains and all your books and all your thoughts and all that stuff get wasted because you don't have the feet. If you think about our country, you know, it's like all these brains on screens and universities and Washington, D.C. and all these people who are so smart and they do all these things, they'd be nothing without truckers. Can I get an amen? Nothing. Because the truckers are like the feet of our culture. Like, man, they, they rock and roll. They get stuff to where it's supposed to go. And our culture would literally fall apart. All the smart people would fall apart. Think about the church. All right? Some people who are arrogant and unhealthy glide right past certain members. Just guide right past. I don't need to talk to you. I don't need to have time. I don't need to make time. Right? I don't need to connect. But here's the reality. There is no unimportant church member. Every single person has great value in God's eyes and has a function. And we need to, not only do we need to recognize, we need to highlight with intentional appreciation those parts of the body that need the encouragement. Charles Spurgeon said it this way. He said, always take most notice of those who are the least noticeable. And to be most gentle with those who require the most tenderness. So as a goal of a church, it'd be great for our church as we grow into more connectedness, more health, that we be intentional about signaling our appreciation for one another. So if you're thinking about writing a thank you card, do it. Praise the Lord, do it. Every week, our staff writes cards. Every single week. Why? Because it is so valuable for us to be in the regular habit of expressing gratitude for all of y'all for doing everything what you're doing so that we can do what we do so that everybody moves forward and Jesus gets the glory. That's why we write cards. And we do that every single week. And I hope you've been blessed by it if you've received a card because that's something tangible we can do. But it also wouldn't hurt if we were verbal, right? It wouldn't hurt if you saw somebody cleaning the toilets at Living Waters to say thank you for cleaning up the bathroom. That is a sacrifice. You know how many hands it takes behind the scenes every week to do what we do? It's ridiculous. 
It's amazing. And we must say thank you to serving for those who are serving. So by God's grace, figure it out. Find a way to say thanks. Find a way to increase your intentional appreciation for what the church of God is doing all over the place. And there's a lot of different personalities, right? So in the church, there's people who are not really emotional. I'm like a bubbly guy. I'm a connect guy. John and Penny Jackson told me uh, two days ago, we were walking through the new office wing, and they're like, where's your office going to be? And I pointed to one of the offices, and they're like, nope, that's too close to the door, man. Guy like you, people are going to come in, turn to hard left, find Pastor Josh, and you're going to have a conversation with him like all day long. You don't need that. You need your office in the corner. And I'm like, that's probably a great idea, <laughs> you know, because I am that guy. I'll just spend time with you. I'll just like talk to you what's going on, what's happening. I'll spend, even if it's like 10, 15 minutes, I'll do it, right? There are other people at church, they don't like conversating at all. They don't like talking to you. You don't like talking to them, probably. <laughs> but here's the deal. They don't like a lot of conversation, right? Because that's not how they're wired. That's not how they're gifted. They're not being offensive to you. That's just how they are. Praise the Lord. The body has a lot of different parts, right? So praise God for the bold spirit and the gentle spirit. Praise God for the talker and those who are quiet servants. Praise God for the people who who are really gifted at being up front. Praise God for people who thrive in the background. We must have them all. A great, healthy body of Christ has an intentional appreciation about it. But praise God. And as I close, this serve, this uh, point. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. To our elders and our deacons and our small group leaders and our members and people that come and give and praise the Lord. Yeah, I mean, praise God for you. Thank you for what you do. We, couldn't, we literally couldn't do it without every one of us. So praise the Lord. Third connection point, and we'll close this thing up. Mutual attention. A church that is connected as the body of Christ gives mutual attention to one another. Verse 25, all the members should have or may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. A healthy church has the same care, verse 25, for one another. That word for same care, that word literally means worry. Believers are to have the same worry for one another as they have for themselves. A healthy church worries about other Christians. You're like, hey, I thought worrying was a sin. It is most of the time. It is a sin most of the time. But right here, you are to have as the body of Christ an, a, an intentional awareness, a worry for brother or sister in Christ who is suffering or who is being exalted. We are to care about other people, not just ourselves. Now, when your physical body is suffering, you know it. Can I get an amen? Amen swollen eye, a sprained ankle, a broken nose, Pastor Andy, a pinched nerve, me for nine weeks this fall, right? When your body knows that it's suffering and hurting, you feel it. I mean, you feel it all over the place. Um, when your body is doing great and you're strong and you're being honored in your body, you know that too. Strong muscles, fast legs, smart brain, quick fingers, quick thumbs, right? Right? 
That's good. Healthy. Here's the deal. A church that's not healthy doesn't care about the other members of the church. But a healthy church cares. When one is suffering, a healthy church cares. Here's this week's report of people who are suffering. There has been a leukemia diagnosis with a man who is connected to our church just this week. There are broken marriages that are falling apart and suffering greatly within our body. You should care about that. There, are, there is a brain tumor walking around amongst our body, scheduled to be removed in January. You should pray about that. You should care about that. You should feel that. There are jobs that are being threatened within our body. We should care for one another. You should hurt for those who are hurting. And for those who are being honored, you should celebrate. Because God's bringing some people up, like, like they're really being exalted by God's blessing and by his grace, and you should rejoice with them. And let me just say, as we close the sermon here, suffering with other believers, in my opinion, is easier than rejoicing with other believers, in my opinion. Because it says we should suffer with those who suffer, rejoice with those who rejoice. When we suffer and we come alongside of someone who is suffering, we feel a certain dignity to that. We feel a certain joy that we're being used by God to be next to someone who's suffering. The hospital room, the waiting room, those are powerful rooms to be in. But you feel good about yourself because you're there, you're praying, you're crying, you're holding hands with someone, you're in the hospital room. That's a good thing. I would argue that it is harder to do the opposite. When there's a believer who's being exalted, right? They're smarter than you. They're more gifted than you. They're, they're ahead of you. They're being exalted for a work. That you're like, hey, I did that for Jesus too. And I didn't get that kind of recognition. I prayed more than they do. And they're getting exalted. They're getting, it is, there's something about jealousy in our hearts. That we're like, oh, I'll half rejoice with you since you're being promoted so much. I guess that's good, kind of. But, I, I, you know, I guess. That is hard to do. And I want to challenge you as a church. If we're really being the body of Christ in a healthy way, when we see a brother or a sister being exalted or promoted or pushed ahead of even us in some sort of capacity, we must ask God to give us the grace to rejoice with that brother or that sister in Jesus. God, you're doing such a good thing. Even though I wish it were me, God, thank you for it being them. And may we exalt in Christ. May we rejoice with those who are rejoicing. So as we close, God wants his church to be connected to Christ and to each other in the body of believers. For some of you, you need to get connected to Christ for the first time. Some of you need to get saved. I mean, my goodness. You can't be connected to God unless you are connected to repentance and faith in Jesus. Some of you need to look at the cross for the first time in your life and see that you need forgiveness. Get connected. 
So that's your invitation to get saved. For many of you, you need to get connected to church. You got X, Y, and Z excuses. You got all these things. But here's the thing. We want you to be a member. Great. But we want you to be connected to the body of Christ locally. Does that make sense? Some of you need to get in a small group. You need to get in a Bible study that's regular. Some of you need to get connected to our our next values night. Some of you need to get connected to the word or discipleship or mentoring, whatever it is. May God bless you to be connected because ultimately, it's not about signing your name on a membership packet. It's ultimately about belonging somewhere. And may God lead you to that. Because you're, right now you're hitting a ceiling. <laughs> you're like a fairway ceiling, right? You're, you're, you're only going so high in your growth in Christ. You're like, what is the deal? Why aren't I going higher? Because you need to connect more to the body of Christ. So may God give you a mature perspective and intentional appreciation and mutual intention. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your grace. Thank you for your word. Lord, I pray that you would just help people get saved, help people be born again, help people receive Christ into their hearts, surrender their lives to Jesus. Lord, I pray for Christians that they would understand what a healthy body looks like and that we as a church would make a decision to be better connected to a church family in ways that you would want us to. So God, just help us be open to that. Help us move that direction. Help us grow in maturity, love, and compassion. For one another. Help us to appreciate each other's differences, different gifts, different abilities. May we walk in amazement that you have brought so many different people together to do your work on the earth. Christ, help us respond to you by your grace. In Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand once more and let's sing together.